0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Already a little offended that Arif ripped me for having a Christmas tree in the room. It's November 21st. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> Luke Edmund, Superior Sports Doc. If you listen closely, you can hear Andrew Booth getting picked on again somewhere. Or Kirk Cousins being sacked again. Take your pick, really.
2: Hey, this is Reef Song with uh, Pro Football Network. Uh, we're not doing a Christmas draft this week, Sam. Uh, more on that when we do the actual draft.
3: <laughs> and I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. Existence is pain.
1: The Vikings got <laughs> smashed 40-3. to 3. We'll try to distract ourselves from the agony in the next hour on the Minnesota football party.
2: Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast.
1: We are here after victories, and we are also here after bone-crushing defeats. Minnesota drops to 8-2. and two. The seven-game winning streak is very dead. Um, and we'll talk about how the Vikings move on from here. Welcome to the Minnesota Football Party. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Find me on the Ron Johnson Show in Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Luke Inman, Superior Sports Talk. Go check out his show with Reggie Wilson this morning. Arifasan, Pro Football Network. And Luke Braun of the Lockdown Vikings postcast. We already broke this one down yesterday in the immediate aftermath. We've had a chance to sleep on it. And, fellas, reflecting, it still feels like it was a shellacking. Um, Let's spend the first few minutes getting all the overreactions out of the way. Run around the circle. Give me your biggest overreactions. Uh, Before we do that, Amazon Fire and Roku. Download them on your television. Have the best possible viewing experience for Locked On Sports Minnesota. A lot of people getting new TVs on Black Friday, and they might be smart TVs. You can download those apps and get us with the Ron Johnson Show, Superior Sports Talk, all the postcasts, and of course the Minnesota Football Party. Uh, Luke Inman, overreact for me, man. Let's uh, let's get crazy here. Tell me what you took out of yesterday's game. <laughs>
0: Sam, where do you even start? I mean, it just kind of felt like the perfect storm yesterday. Everybody kept saying they were due for a regression game, sure, but... I mean, we can all agree. Not like that. There was a lot more to it than that. The Vikings injuries, it felt like, finally were exposed in a big way. Just so happened to kind of line up with the Cowboys' biggest strengths. Darisaw on Cleveland exiting the game versus the best pass rush in the NFL. Coaching game plan I thought was pretty bad. I understand you went into the game with Darisaw as your starter. But after that first series with that strip sack, just to not have a plan B on how to protect Kirk against that pass rush in your back pocket ready to go, I thought was in. Inex- Excusable, leaving uh, you know your backup uh, left tackle out on an island still throughout that game. No help, no chip blocks, too many long, slow processing plays, the seven-step drops, things like that. And then there was this kind of weird commitment to the run early on, too. It felt like you were almost watching a Mike Zimmer offense. So you got this perfect storm of a team exposing your biggest injuries, The coaches not adjusting, not even having the right game plan to begin with maybe. Um, And, you know, on top of that, maybe, again, a lot of people said they were due for a little bit of a regression, a little bit of a letdown game, got that long, what, 80 plays they played versus Buffalo in overtime, seven one-score games. And don't forget, too, drop touchdown pass, few no-calls sprinkled in that went against the Vikings. You add all that up, you get the second-worst home loss in franchise history.
2: Yeah. Reef, (laughs) uh, I think that we learned how badly a team can lose when the quarterback himself plays all right. I know, I know, Kirk Cousins. How much wonderful... stuff
3: can be not Kirk Cousins's fault? Yeah. I think we hit the maximum. Yeah, <laughs> it
2: yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, say, yeah, it I wouldn't say He had a spectacular game. I know he didn't have a wonderful PFF score, but I mean, come on, man. <laughs> that one, that one was pretty rough. He did all right <laughs> by my book, uh, and and they got demolished, uh, you know, by thirty-seven points. It, you know, hey, if, if you put Patrick Mahomes in there, or Justin Herbert, maybe they only lose by ten points. I don't know, but. <laughs> that's That certainly is uh, a good lesson in in how, hey, quarterbacks might drive team wins the most, but yeah, they're not all of it.
1: Yeah, this is what I told Braun on the postcast. I said, this is what happens when you play the Buffalo 2018 game, the Colts 2016 game, Falcons 2020, but you do it against a real contender. This is what happens. You get 40. Yeah, burn. that's a good way to um, put it. Yeah. Luke, Luke Braun, your biggest overreactions.
3: Fast forward to however long into the future when we're talking about why Kevin O'Connell got fired. I think we may have seen the inkling of it in
2: this game. <laughs> <laughs> you want an overreaction? We're doing this. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> but this is also potentially an underreaction, right? Because he's not putting a date on the firing. Come on. It could be, it could be six years from now after a ring. Come on. Pivot okay, okay, O'Connell is fired after year, the Vikings finish eight and
1: there, nine.
3: And at the end of next year, there uh, it is. At the end of next year, sure. What are you going to do? But I think <laughs> well, so the you two know blowout losses do. that we've had. <laughs> what do you tweet at me?
2: Uh, the two oh, blowout losses
3: <laughs> that uh, the Vikings have suffered have both come in a similar fashion where the Vikings showed up with a game plan that like wasn't going to work because it got countered or whatever, which happens to everybody, right? You're playing rock, paper, scissors pregame. And they showed up with rock and the Cowboys had paper and the Eagles had paper and the Vikings had no ability to adjust in this one. They were calling play action, seven step drops all the way down the line despite all the pressure you don't get to a 63 percent pressure rate without a little bit of failure on the coaches to adjust in the middle of the game and i think the mid-game adjustments thing is becoming a little bit of a narrative for o'connell if you're going to suffer two embarrassing losses like that in front of the whole country
2: you know overreaction for me half adjustments zimmer and his defense don't say it he Mm -hmm. was extremely good at that Mm -hmm. Uh, the second half points given up was way lower than the first half points given up. Donatel okay, at our times. Kevin O'Connell's
1: power points has been decent at that too. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I tried to go back and look. I was like, what? What's the worst loss? Like Philly was bad, but not like this. What's the worst loss the Vikings have had? like a loss, like that. it was the build back in 2018, but I was scrolling through each game bad. 2021, 2020. Yeah. And, and again, a lot of 500 records at the end of the year, we know obviously why Zim was fired at the end, but uh, I like what Arif mentioned, like, he's right. Like Zim, you wouldn't see that kind of uh, performance under Zim at least defensively, especially with those adjustments.
1: I felt oh, like I should, it was the biggest shellacking since Seattle, uh, the shellacking of a good team, mind you. Yeah. Seattle against the Vikings at home in the regular season 2015 when it was 35. Hey, they Ritt were out in the third quarter. Mm-hmm.
0: I will say they were without Harrison Smith, Limbaugh, Joseph, and Anthony Barr for that game. But you're right. I mean, yeah. Who's and they there? had a Thursday night game, game like coming
1: that. up against Arizona.
0: There yeah. are a lot of parallels here. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I
3: should mention, in fairness, there were a couple of other games in this season where O'Connell made good adjustments. I'm bad faith in
0: it a little bit, but. That's why it's uh, it, it, it was what, the hot take what,
2: zone.
0: You're firing heaters.
2: And what Sam? Don't worry about
0: it. Yep. Kind of the Sam's, kind of the Sam's point too. Like we're all going to bash the Vikings today. We're going to bash them all week leading up to Thursday, which we have every right to. There's a lot to pick from, but a Cowboys team is pretty good. I mean, that's a good football team, and a team like that playing anywhere near how saying. They played yesterday—that's th- going to be a really tough test for somebody come playoff time. They got that playoff recipe for sure.
1: Yeah, my overreaction is that the Vikings offensive line is back to its old ways and maybe they've never been good. Cousins is the fifth most pressured passer in the NFL. The offensive line is giving up 4% more pressures this year than last year. Garrett Bradbury was terrible. He's back to his old ways and oh, you've no. lost your you've lost your stalwart. You've lost your left tackle. Almost as though the, Vi- <laughs> the, the Vikings get by. Been on not having glaring weaknesses that teams can exploit because of their injury success this year. And now that they have Christian Derrissa out for Thursday and maybe beyond, now there's an area to exploit. And now you get a little bit, you know, one hand tied behind your back on offense. I'm worried. I'm worried about the offensive line.
0: Yeah, and that's what happens I just, too when you have not just a, a good left tackle, an elite one where you can leave him on an island the entire time. I don't yeah. necessarily think we all assume that Bradbury just got magically better, but it helps when you have help when you can, uh, you know, obviously attach Ezra yeah. Cleveland right next to him on every yes. play when you have that left tackle out there on an island. So the drop-off is just so massive from some of these starters to the depth. Um, but but obviously losing Darisaw because he's elite, uh hurts obviously in a big way to your point Sam.
2: Okay, if if only, you know, some people had talked about how the nature of regression will also include injury luck. If only there had been some talkers in the Viking space somewhere <laughs> that, that, that brought up yeah. injuries. Yeah. If well, only that, the entire that would be a little panel of this
1: show had talked about that on their respective programs and foreshadowed yeah. this possibility. Um let's yeah, talk well, about the injuries. Sure. Uh, are you saying? So are you saying one of us? Are you saying one of us did not do this, Arif?
2: Is
3: no, that no, this, I, no. This, this Arif's is has been fighting this fight listeners. on Twitter for like two yeah. months.
2: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> this is this is me angry at the people who willingly follow me and what I have to say <laughs> and respond to me and support your All work. Right. take <laughs> <Yeah>. out take <laughs> so, out your anger
1: then. Talk, talk about the, no, no, way no, no, the I'm, injuries I'm... got exploited yesterday.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously the Darasaw stuff I think is important. I think that Luke kind of hit. On uh the major elements of why that matters, right, but I think uh you know on top of what what Luke said about you know protecting the rest of the offensive line, which you know I shudder to think what Ed ingram's going to look like without that protection by the way um along with protecting the rest of that offensive line uh, it also allowed your receivers to get out of the pass patterns uh unharried right because you weren't chipping. On Darius' side, you weren't chipping on Brian O'Neill's side either. That was kind of the beauty of having those two tackles, uh, and so you would have your tight ends, you'd have your running backs released into the patterns. They wouldn't, you know, screw up their own uh, timing. You'd have them in actual pass patterns instead of just flats the entire time. Uh, and And the Vikings were able to take advantage of. It. They were able to get you know Hawkinson down the field. Now, obviously, in this game, he wasn't able to catch the ball in those situations. But you know, for the most part, if you've got your running backs, your fullbacks, your tight ends not chipping out there. Uh, you've got, you know, more pass uh, options available to you. The ball can get out a little bit quicker. You've got, you know, probably more yards per drop back. Uh, It decreases, obviously, the the sack rate in that scenario. And then also um, when you're in blitz protection, when you've got a six or seven man protection, you don't have to give help, right? Because if you've been in a six or seven man protection, you're anticipating five, six, seven people coming in and you need to have, you know, somebody on each one one of those people. And if your running back is chipping, uh, then then you don't have somebody protecting the middle up against a double-A gap blitz or something like that. So um, there's, there's a bunch of tertiary effects here of not having somebody who can just mm-hmm. take care of business out there. Um, so that's that's one of it. Obviously, Devlin, Thompson, uh, Devlin Tomlinson and Cameron Dancer have their own kind of unique um, injury effects.
1: Yeah, here's the yeah, bottom it, line on the stats. On those three spots, real quick, Brandel in two-thirds of a game, four pressures allowed, uh... Andrew Booth in replacement of Evans and Dansler, seven of eight allowed when targeted for 85 mm. yards and run defense without Tomlinson every game that he's been out. They've allowed 130 or more. Um, and while, before I pass the baton to Luke, I'd like to put out a call for data, a or Bron. Maybe you have access to this. What is the Vikings success rate allowed in the run game? Because PFF has them suspiciously high against the run. And I don't understand it. And I'd like to know why. And Warren sharpened sh- us all and took his data off of like free and accessible websites. So I don't know like what the underlying numbers say on the run game. And I want to know more. Uh, Luke
2: Inman, Probably find that at RBSDM. Yeah. Yep. That's where I am. Uh, so hmm. the Vikings success rate uh, against the run uh, is pretty high unless I'm reading this incorrectly. Uh, because it's defensive stats, sometimes it feels weird. Um, no, actually, it's it's uh, remarkably no, never, never mind, I was reading it wrong. They ranked twenty second in success <laughs> rate defensively against the run because the higher number is bad here. Um, uh, at forty two point nine percent. If we only look at, we only only want to look at the last two weeks, right? Because of sure. Tomlinson, or three three right, weeks. So that'd week. be three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. So nine through eleven. Right. Mm-hmm. Never forget. Um. If we take a look at rush success rate, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, It is about the same, actually, 42.7%. It's still pretty bad. Um, You drop about a rank. So the Vikings success rate against the run has been uh, awful. It looks like the rush EPA given up in the last three weeks is much higher. So when they give up successes, those successes are more explosive um, Mm -hmm. and and hurt the Vikings more often. But either way, the bottom half of the league, throughout the year, and in the past three weeks, in success
0: rate. It, well, it, now I'm... Okay, bottom half, you said? Bottom half? Yeah. I was wondering where they yeah, ranked. 22nd, the 23rd.
1: Okay. Yeah, 22nd, 23rd. Okay. PFF had them second. That that doesn't make any sense what? to me. What? But you should double-check that. Double-check the team ranks, me. run defense, ranks. Vikings were second.
2: R-D-E-F second. Well, I mean, people are playing their assignments correctly, except maybe one guy. <laughs> Light boxes. It, it's tough. They're giving it up on yeah. purpose. Yeah. That's uh, that's actually true. Make sure you that might actually be motivating the grade. Make right? sure you because can't get a sixty eight
3: yard touchdown on like a running back wheel, you know? That's the kind of yeah, stuff you the, need to do. All of the uh you
2: know. all of the grades are contextualized based off of assignment and the individual players. And so if the scheme is designed to induce running and give up runs, um, you're gonna give up uh worse run statistics while everybody is doing their job correctly. So there is that. Um, which that might be a bug in the system because the Rams are number one and they run the exact same system. I wonder. (laughs) Super weird.
1: (laughs) Inman, you got steamrolled by me about a minute ago. Do you remember what your point was?
0: No, I was just, we we were talking about kind of the injuries getting exploited. I was just going to say, like, it wasn't that long ago we sat here heading into the bye and, like, the Vikings were... One of, if not the best or, you know, luckiest teams injury wise in the entire league ever since then though, slowly, but surely they've just lost starter after starter and everyone in the league deals with it, right? Like no excuses, part of the game, but what hurts the most though, I think is like the lack of depth behind them. Uh, the drop off you're seeing from the starters to some of the backups is pretty alarming. And I go back to the draft and look at 10 picks who not one of them has really made a significant impact. And I think the parody in the league is so strong right now that, you know, you see it all the time, any good off season, one good off season. I mean, you can go from uh, worst to first, you know, just look at the Seahawks or even the jets. But on the flip side of that one bad draft can be really detrimental. When you get to this point in the season, guys are banged up and you look around and there's just not enough band aids to cover up the mess right now. And, I'm looking at, you know, not only Quasey's draft, but even Rick Spielman's last draft the year prior in 21, um, 21 draft picks they had collectively. There's just not a lot of meat on the bone. And you say, well, okay, Luke, half those were late picks. Okay, I get that. The success rate for any team is always going to be low. But let's just look at the first three rounds. Nine of the 21 picks were from rounds one, two, or three of those nine picks. You got Christian Dariusaw. And that's about it. You got a rookie right guard. He's been below average. You got a fourth pass rusher in Patrick Jones, uh, a special teams guy in Asama. Okay, great, but he's not really making an impact defensively. So to have 21 picks the last two years, come away with three starters, Derrissaw, Ingram, and Cam Bynum, and then have very little depth added outside of that, I think it just hurts in a big way. And now that this team's kind of catching the injury bug, teams can kind of smell some blood in the water Mm -hmm. here. And that coaching staff uh, as mentioned previously, Luke brought it up. Um, they have to be the ones to figure out how to stop the bleeding when some of these backups are on the field and just put them in better situations and positions to succeed because until they do that, I promise you, I mean, teams will continue to attack and exploit it, um, and you'll keep losing games in the process. Um,
3: before we yeah, continue... I don't think the the Vikings are in a, a bad spot Um like, injury-wise, I don't think they're in any worse a spot than anybody else is, you know? Like, everybody loses some starters by this point. By November, else. you're banged up a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, they're, like, one of the healthier yeah. teams still. But it's like, mm-hmm. there are certain players that you just can't afford to lose. And I think Derrissaw is one of them. Jefferson's one of them. Cousins. Um, th- There are certain players that, like, you You don't just replace Christian Derrissaw, right? Like, I think Blake Brandell's probably mm-hmm. a reasonable backup tackle. And I think the Vikings so- did a really bad job of protecting him when he went in. And that's one of those in-game adjustments. I, I think that, that they have to kind of look in the mirror with how, how they called protections. They left him one-on-one with Micah Parsons way too much. That can't happen against the, the these next few teams if Darisal is going to be out for Apparently a while. Apparently, it can't happen
2: against Dorrance Armstrong either. <laughs> Dorrance Armstrong's <looked> pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's pretty good.
0: Um, he's pretty good.
2: Yeah. you can't. You can't
3: put that much on his shoulders and i think is the same thing with andrew booth you're down to your third corner over there look caleb evans i thought he was he's been playing like a reasonable backup yeah. corner he'll give up a couple but he's mm-hmm. been a backup corner um, I, I think he's better than those backups, hey there's one obviously. of your
1: rookies
3: yeah yeah sure mm-hmm. yeah. he goes out you're down to your third string guy who's absolutely not ready yeah. to play you got to protect that dude what is he doing you know one-on-one on the outside with with michael gallup like he's not gonna hold up and you know he's not gonna hold up so i think you have to do a better job of protecting them and then like that's it you you lose dalvin tomlinson but i I think the backups on the interior have done an okay job um and apparently the run defense has been about
2: the same as it always has been kairos tonga picked up by the vikings (laughs) (laughs) Vikings. That's true, Um, and he has improved over the past couple of weeks when when more has been asked of him. I will say this, though. Sorry to cut you off, Luke. Um, To Inman's point, um, I I think that this is kind of what it means when you have a new front office and a new coaching staff. The Vikings right now are victims of their own success, right? Like We are roasting them for something that we might have expected right at the beginning of the season, you know, like if you told us at the beginning of the season, Hey, you know, week 11, they're going to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys have a top three defense and Dak Prescott's going to be healthy. And he's going to have all his receivers available. Uh, Do you think the Vikings will win that game before the season? I would have said no, a top three defense and Dak Prescott. Absolutely not. Right. Um, You know, I wouldn't have known who was injured at that point, but you know, the idea that the Vikings have as good of a starting group as they have, um, at the cost of, or maybe not at the cost of, with the consequence in addition of not having any depth basically anywhere. D- I, that's just kind of a, a really great outcome to clearing out house and rebuilding your team and installing a new scheme. That is a phenomenal outcome, but it is impossible to to flesh out the skeletal structure that the Vikings have built in one offseason. So given the context of where the Vikings were coming into the season, this is great. But we're roasting them because they have created new expectations for themselves halfway through the season as one of the top teams in the NFC, at least record-wise, right? And given that, we expect them to perform in these games, and so we shouldn't be surprised. And I don't think like we're enormously surprised that they lost to the Cowboys. We're more surprised that they lost by 37 points, um, but we shouldn't be surprised that sometimes these games will just pop out of nowhere and hit them right like you're up against a team that despite their record i think a lot of people are pegging as as potentially an nfc contender to enter the super bowl if not at least to enter the championship game um and and of course they're going to get boat raced if you if you talk about a team that had just fired their their first head coach that is uh remapping their roster that's installing a new offense it's installing an entire not just a new defense but a new uh, schematic outlook for the defense so Um, that's something that we have to keep in mind, too, is that, of course, the roster's not built like it should be because they've only had one year to build it.
1: More on the Vikings' offensive woes and our Thanksgiving food draft. But first, betonline.net. Today's episode brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for sports wagering information, news, and analysis. You can bet on every professional and amateur league out there. Maybe a little bit of World Cup action. The U.S. kicks off here in a moment. Is that how you describe it in soccer, the kickoff? The opening kick. I'm not a soccer guy, um, but they got football, basketball, soccer, esports, whatever sport you can imagine at betonline.net. Vikings favored by three on Thursday, so they're giving them that home field edge. Uh, taking on, on another good defense in the Patriots. Bet Online is your fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Check it out on your laptop or mobile device. Bet Online, where the game starts. Offensively, The Vikings hit another lull yesterday. And yesterday, it was the entire game. They really never woke up after the field goal drive that should have been a touchdown, if not for the Hawkinson drop. My question is, we continue to see this lull every week. We saw it in the Buffalo game. We saw it in the Washington game. And there have been very few games, if any, where you could say this offense performed for four quarters on a consistent level. Why do you think this is happening? Coaching, personnel... Uh, what do you attribute this to
3: Luke Braun? I I think kind of the same thing, like adjustments. Um, there's clearly a difference between like the scripted plays that they're coming out with and then their ability to kind of figure stuff out on the fly. And O'Connell's even talked about this. I think about the Miami game, uh, where it took them like kind of three, like two and a half quarters to figure out how to run on Miami's base personnel and how to get, and they went three and out eight times in that or 10 times or whatever it was in that game. Um, and it just is like taking them a while to kind of figure out exactly what they want their responses to be. Um, I don't know. I-, I chalk the this up to first year head coach stuff um, because it, at least until this game, this game, it just, dudes got their butts kicked. I don't know. You, you give up 63% pressure. There's a stat from uh, Alec Lewis tweeted out a stat this morning. Uh, that no team has ever applied a greater pressure rate with a four-man pass rush than the Cowboys did yesterday. 57.6%. Wow. with Just with four. Just no blitzes at all. Ever? At all. Like, ever, uh, ever, ever. This season.
0: Oh, this season.
3: Um, Still pretty good. That is a monstrosity. I mean, that's disgusting. Yeah. So... <laughs> Like that kind of stuff in this particular game is a little. I think it's a little different than like the mid-game lull the like second, third quarter thing we've been seeing in the rest of the game. This one they just got killed, uh, but I think for the rest of the season, it's that the game, like football games, change in the ebb and flow over the course of them. Everybody comes out with their initial plan and then one team adjusts and the other team has to adjust to adjust to those adjustments. And, and everybody's kind of trying to punch and counter punch. And there's this cat and mouse. And I think they're just a little bit slow on the uptake on that because there are new staff still getting everything underneath
2: them. Yeah. I'd yeah. say uh, p- part of it also just has to do with, yeah, I mean, I think the adjustments are important, right? But I think uh, part of it just also has to do with the fact that, um you know I just said the quarterback wasn't the problem against Dallas but if we're talking a season long I think part of it is that the quarterback is not adjusted to the offense right you know we've talked a little bit about you know how much Kirk Cousins sometimes over relies on the read to Justin Jefferson sticks on the first read for a little bit too long that if you remember some of the offseason comments about how Kirk Cousins is adjusting to the offense might be related to him not knowing how long he should stay with that first progression and sometimes staying on it too long sometimes not staying on it long enough so I think um outside of like when you get outside of the scripted stuff and Kirk Cousins is trying to play textbook football and the textbook has changed, right? That's when, uh, things kind of take a, a little bit of a nosedive, right? I mean, the Vikings, uh, if you get rid of the opening drive, which, uh, you know, for the purposes of evaluating how good a team is, you shouldn't, that's a part of what the team is, but for evaluating this specific question, you know, the Vikings offense is actually fairly abysmal once you get rid of the opening drive. Um, and so, uh, as you get out of these scripted portions that give you kind of more defined reads and as he has to, you know, understand kind of how the offense and the defense interact with each other, he's just not doing a great job. He might be able to pick it up partway through the season. He might be able to pick it up by the time the playoffs start. That'd be pretty exciting. And so when the Vikings are really good on offense, again, late in the games, some of that's because of just absolutely remarkable field position. Some of it's because the Vikings are actually pretty decent now in the red zone they were actually struggling in the red zone at the beginning of the season pretty decent now um, and Cousins is kind of this is you know, something we don't see from him he's like throwing away the textbook and he's just playing football uh, he's not amazing at that but he's better at that right now than playing textbook fo- football when he doesn't know the textbook so um, that's why I think the offense bounces back late but I think right now he's still trying to figure out what the offense demands of him and you know conversely Kevin O'Connell he's figuring out how to adapt the offense to, to Kirk. Spinman
0: Yeah, I mean, I was kind of at a loss for this one, started digging into some stats. Is it like Kirk's protection? Is it guys aren't getting open and separating? But nothing really jumped out at me that was alarming enough to some you could point at and say, there it is. You fix this. You're golden. That's the magic ticket. I think just sitting down and watching 10 of these games now, you notice the theme of the running game very rarely is clicking and finding its stride. And it's frustrating because you've got the best O-line you've had in years. You've got maybe the best one, two punch around and even their stats aren't horrible because you get a big splash play from Dalvin, like the, the Buffalo run every now and then, and that's going to inflate some stats. I think he's averaging 5.1 yards per carry. They get down in the red zone. They've scored the seventh most rushing touchdowns in the league, but maybe a little deceiving. They're in the bottom 10 in rush yards, bottom five in rush attempts, and I know some of that has to do with getting down in so many of these games, having to pass their way back, and I'm not even sitting here saying they need to, you know what, no matter what, drop a game plan where you're going to rush Dalvin 25 times the next game, a la, again, Mike Simmer, because that's not the answer either. But it just seems like when they run the ball during the first few quarters, they're just not very efficient given how much talent on that line and in that backfield there is and for whatever reason they're just not maximizing like the efficiency when they run the ball and I can't really figure it out and again I was going to lean on Luke and a for this if they say it's coaching adjustments if they say it's Kirk's not you know 100% comfortable in the offense yet that makes a lot of sense too but the running game that's something that I've noticed and, you know, maybe too many third and long situations that's putting them into leads to too many three and outs. And when you're not getting the splash plays from Dalvin, those one or two long runs a game in between those, I think it's it's a recipe for some lackluster production, some, some lulls in the offense. And I think we've seen that through these first 10 games.
1: Inefficiency, I think, is the theme. And Arif, while I talk, I'd like the Vikings' run success rate, if you could find that for me as well. Because the Vikings right, are... Tied, give it to me.
2: <laughs> it is uh, bad. Uh, I was looking at uh, week six <laughs> to eleven, but it's uh, forty one point six percent, which um, is fifteenth. Uh, which you know, with uh, with Dalvin Cook in there, you'd think it'd be a little bit higher. It's not good. Interesting. Uh, week six mm. to eleven, it is slightly higher, which is what I was looking at just now.
1: The Vikings are tied for seventh in three and outs. This was an issue for them last year. And with this new offensive-minded head coach, it is still an issue. Um, The shot plays to Jefferson are great. They're also a little bit few and far between. Kirk Cousins is 28th in intended air yards. They are 23rd in third down to go average. All of that screams to inefficiency. They're having a hard time sustaining drives because they're not gaining a lot of yardage. They're um 29th in drive time 23rd in number of plays per drive 21st in yardage Mm. per drive um they're having a hard time finding splash plays like this was the issue with the run game and that's probably why the efficiency is better in the run. reef is because they have had a couple of those explosives in the run game of late um first seven eight weeks of the year they had none of those so there there are issues with the run game efficiency pass game efficiency And I laid out the protection stats, too. The protection, I think maybe people have have been a little bit too enamored with the protection because of how good Derrissaw has been because of the improvement of Garrett Bradbury. But some, the bottom line is, is that Kirk Cousins has still been under pressure, you know, more than one out of every three dropbacks, which is too frequently. So I think that there are issues at every level of this offense that need to be worked on. And now that we're 10 games in, you know, I I think you worry, Arif, that, Is it too late? Like, can it be fixed? Can they fix this up until the 11th hour and get this thing ready for January?
2: Yeah, uh in in terms of the protection, I I don't know, right? Because uh, obviously Daresla being back is gonna be a big part of that a couple of weeks down the road. And if you take a look at like something like pass rush win rate, um, you know, the Vikings are about like fifteenth or something like that, which would imply that that some of the issue with, you know, sacks and pressures actually comes from cousins that could ignore the ball really quickly, which relates to the earlier point about kind of not knowing what the offense's timing demands of him. Um, but also, you know, Part of it just has to do with, you know, what the offense is itself. If a a route breaks at 22 yards instead of 17 yards, the quarterback has to hold on the ball. There's just not much you can do about that. Uh, And so, uh, you know, that is all kind of connected to, you know, the fact that the pressure rate is higher than the pass rush or the pass block win rate, relatively speaking. So you can adjust the offense to have shorter throws in it, kind of rely on the fact that Jefferson is strangely good at yards after the catch, right? You know, make sure that you can take advantage of players like K.J. Osborne, Adam Thielen underneath. Make sure that T.J. Hawkinson can power through and stuff. But, you know, get rid of the ball quickly without relying on that screen game that doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> um, like, it seems like the Vikings' response to pressure has been to throw screens, and it, and yeah, mm-hmm. you're not pressured now the offense isn't moving so you know for what right but you know there are ways to kind of mitigate pressure um that reduce that that put a cap on your offensive explosiveness but if you can find ways to be a little bit better after the catch and uh and engage the the fantastic wide receiver blocking the Vikings have available to them then yeah I mean that's probably the best way to do it but right now the limitations of the personnel especially on the interior are going to prevent them from being a, a really high level offense
1: Mm-hmm. Screen game, as of Buffalo, mm-hmm. don't know where it is now. Screen game was twenty third of, and this is Kirk Cousins um, as a screen game passer, which isn't really a reflection on him, but he was twenty third of twenty five in yards per attempt via the screen game, which is. I'm surprised poor.
3: there's two that are worse. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Have you seen yeah. these Honestly. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me if Zach Wilson was worse.
3: Not good. He's not good.
2: I I guess I see it as more of an offense stat, but that, I guess, still tracks, because... Yeah, but if you're missing receivers behind the line of scrimmage, you're, like, overthrowing them, things that Zach Wilson does, then your yards per attempt on screen is going to be pretty low. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) 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 Boy, the NFL is
3: bad. A lot of bad ball. Tom Brady did nothing wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) let's uh let's fire up the four minute drill um i wanted to talk about vikings liabilities but i feel like we've addressed that pretty thoroughly so why don't we pivot let's talk about some patriots storylines because we're not going to have a show before the game on thanksgiving so this will be kind of our patriots preview uh we'll wrap it up in this four minute drill uh let's run that
0: start the clock it's time to execute the four minute drill
1: Let's just pack some Patriots storylines in here. Let's start with Luke Braun today. Um, Give me a minute of Patriots talkers
3: starting now. So one thing that I'm looking at a lot with the uh, Patriots is their injury report. They've got a lot of injuries on the trenches. But I think beyond all of that, we are currently sitting in this moment where it feels like we just went from the Minneapolis miracle to 38-7, where they just had this really emotional win, and then they came out flat, and everybody's talking about like, ah, that's the thing. Uh, and they had a Thursday night game coming up and all that. And I think for me, one of the biggest storylines is, is how this team responds to getting punched in the mouth for the second time in the season. And I said this after the Eagles game too. And I think it's true here too. Um, they get blown out. They get absolutely, and, and like embarrassed, right? Just absolutely crushed at, in every phase of the game. Everybody goes into that locker room, looks in the mirror and says, I didn't have my best day. Um, and you have four days. Kevin O'Connell said on the podium, Hey, I'm kind of glad it's a short week. Uh, that because it's, you know, it means we don't have time to dwell on it. And so is that true? You're going up against the greatest head coach of all time who just saw a team expose every flaw and weakness that you have. Can you make that true and, and get over this? Or does the Cowboys uh, game become the turning point of the season where everything starts falling apart? We
1: will certainly find out how this team responds against another really good defense. Because that's what the Patriots have. The Patriots are top five in a ton of defensive metrics. Check out Chad Graff's Twitter. Chad Graff, we know him, we love him. Former Vikings writer, defected to New England. He's got the numbers on his Twitter, and it's impressive what the Patriots have put together. Their defensive line is great. Not many people talking about Matthew Judon, at least in my circles. Maybe people are, and I'm just not hearing it. But he's got 13 sacks this year. Dietrich Wise is like a top-20 pass rusher. He's got six-and-a-half sacks. He's been really good. Jawan Bentley has been really good. And Jack Jones is making a bid as the top corner in football this year. So defensively, New England is going to put strain on you. And Bill Belichick is going to find ways to attack You know the Vikings' weaknesses. He's going to make them play left-handed as well, as he did when they faced him in 2018 he double bracketed like Thielen and Diggs and then, you know, made them win with whoever their wide receiver three was, Treadwell. At that point. Aldrick
3: Robinson. (laughs) Aldrick Robinson.
1: So if you expect this offense to like turn it around in four days and score 30, nope, you got to win this game 20 to 16.
0: Yeah not not really too much to add to what you both just said kind of the student first the teacher at right? quick week these games come down to coaching more times than not who who can drop the better game plan on this short week? How does KOC bounce back from a blowout on the short week playing the second best scoring defense in the league? I think they're top five and yards allowed uh, top three in th- uh, allowing third down conversions as well. So a lot of the same stuff that Sam just mentioned with the stats. Hate to say it. Bill Belichick has owned the Vikings specifically to the last two decades. They've only beat Bill once. That was his second game ever as Patriots head coach. That was 22 years ago. They've lost five in a row since then, and they haven't even been really close. They've lost all five of those games by an average of 15.7 points per game. So, coaching duel, certainly something everyone's going to be curious about. I also know the Patriots, I think they're down a couple offensive linemen, but yet. For the last 20 years, all they do is just plug in another guy, find a way to run the ball effectively. The injury report's going to be huge. They need Dalvin Tomlinson back in the worst way, as well as a Caleb Evans. And lastly, just real quick, Harrison Smith, Devin McCourty. I know it's small potatoes, but they're both one of the best to play the position. They're both at the same point in their career now. Both tied with 33 interceptions probably never going to play each other again. Uh, small potatoes in the big scheme, but probably a small storyline that I'm sure Fox or CBS is going to throw a quick reference to at some point.
2: A reef. All right uh real quickly i'll go over that defense i mean the patriots have shut out the detroit lions at the time with the top scoring defense they also held both the colts and the jets to three points not particularly great defenses but interesting but also the patriots have allowed three other teams to score 27 points or more that includes the packers in overtime so i don't know how much that counts but um you can score 30 points at the patriots it is possible they are not as uniformly devastating as they were two years ago on defense they have a remarkable defensive line you've already covered that it's going to get better when christian Barmer returns from injury i don't know when that's that's going to happen they also have a remarkable secondary led in part but i think seventh round quarterback jack jones so that's something to keep in mind but the offense is bad they don't know if mac jones or bailey Zappi is better and that is a bad situation to be in they don't know why mac jones has regressed i would contend that actually he has not regressed but that the offensive line has gotten a little bit worse isaiah Wynn's not playing well first round pick cole strange is doing all right which is kind of interesting Um, but they just haven't been able to push the ball down the field zappy or jones they haven't been able to take advantage of the receivers who are still not good anyway so the key is to take advantage of what that offense gives you in terms of opportunities
1: hey Patriots had an emotional win yesterday. Maybe they'll have a letdown. Maybe 40-3 to 3 hey, is on the table. That's something Let's that I
2: think Bill Belichick is vulnerable to. Good point.
1: I think Belichick <laughs> was probably leading the party yesterday. He loves a good yeah. special teams play. Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: They, must, they must be having a hangover right now in that short week. <laughs> um,
1: I had a bad dream. I had a dream that I put the maximum on the Vikings spread for that 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 didn't <laughs> actually happen. Right. Hey,
0: did I get my bets here, by the way? Oh. You did. Baby. Yeah, you, you I think and you went uh 2 you got the you Eagles. Went 0-2.
1: You went to 2. You went on 2. Cool.
0: Cool cool
1: cool cool cool. cool, cool. Yeah, but you, you went, went minimum bet. Oh two. So. I did. But I did. I'm did. the real did loser did. Did here. Did he you put maximum on the Vikings? One and a half? Yeah. Uh yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's right. You you had to bow out last week. Yep. I I teased yeah. it. I said I'm going to do a max bet and I took the Vikes. Terrible decision. And I actually won my other bet, but it doesn't matter. Luke, you went 2-0. Uh Inman that is. Braun, Which... you went 1-1. Inman. We will have updated standings uh by uh the next show. Actually, yeah, we'll have to do our bets um after so did, the Thursday games. So did someone games. take
2: Detroit? That sucks, man. That's too bad. Someone – because I had Detroit as one of the bets that I wanted to take. Probably not at the top. I was really excited about that bet. I should have put that at the top. Detroit plus three.
0: Oh, well. Oh, dang. I can't remember um, how it shook
2: um, out. Yeah, It's well, funny I, I because must not
0: have Sam sat, sat there and kind of waffled back and forth. He's like, so what should I do with my second bet? Should I try to match it and go match bet in case I lose that one? What should I do? <laughs> Ends up going 300 bucks. So at least you still got a little bit of that back. But if I'm not mistaken, and you'll have to – uh crunch the numbers i think you might be in the red now might have a loser punishment for you
1: big time which means we've all <laughs> been in the red except for braun yeah. who i think is the the lone person who's positive i'm at so like braun, 100 bucks though <laughs> you get to choose what the punishment mm-hmm. is for the three of us i think that's that's your reward for staying in the positive. and, and, this and probably time. himself
2: let's let's be honest Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's be real. Give it like two weeks. <laughs> <flirts. laughs> yeah. Join I'm us. Live it on the edge. <laughs> Wait. Does that mean I'm still a top after a bad week? Amazing. I I'll have
1: I have not done the numbers yet. Right. You have had a couple rough weeks, so I think it's close. Right. Yeah. It's close. It's yeah. Bron might have passed you. I'll have to I'll have to check that out. Um. All so right, that definitely. we'll have our picks coming up. Um. That'll be on the next show. And I think we get into our Thanksgiving food draft. This is the thing we look forward to every year. We pick our best main dishes, our best side dishes, our best desserts as we approach this festive holiday and we get people really, really riled up on Twitter, which still exists by Mm -hmm. the way, that almost, I thought we were losing it. I thought it was going down. I was, um, I was sending out the meme of the guys playing like the violin on the Titanic. I thought that was (laughs) uh, the end.
2: Uh, uh, I don't know what so, your timeline is like. Mine got wild a couple of days ago. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was not a family website for a little bit. That's all I'll say.
3: You brought some of that on yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah
3: I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: you're part of the reason, Arif, that it's it's the cesspool it is. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We yeah, I'm we, not, we love right. at Arif Hasan NFL. <laughs> Um, on a production meeting. Matt, do you have the Google Sheet to display on the screen? We've got our, our teams and our options lined up. So again, you can go off the board if you want. You can select items that are not on this list. I've tried to create a nice selection for you to take main dishes, side dishes, desserts. We have one flex spot because Luke Inman always gets mad at me if we don't.
3: Like
2: a can I ask a question first? There?
3: Yeah. Uh... As, as a newcomer to this, uh, it, are we trying to make the most like complete feeling Thanksgiving meal or are we whatever, just whatever trying we want, to get the you most superstars do, or is this just
0: whatever you get? Whatever, whatever you, you politics, do. Yeah. there's, there's it, whatever gets it, the votes? Some people, Remember, some people yeah, just draft wrote, yeah. what, what they would want. Some people try to draft what they think is going to get the most votes. Some people – a little it's, word yeah. of advice. Don't get too in your head. Don't overthink it. Okay. because i've tried okay. to sit here Sorry. and try to say Sorry. all right advice- well, what's try not the to be like boys? a kicker luke have you won a <laughs> yeah. single draft yeah.
2: what are, who are you to give advice
0: <laughs> yeah i won that one what do you i just won last week i won the, i won the uh, draft last week oh yeah the-
1: all right uh let's start with a reef and then let's just go around in the circle for simplicity so luke inman you'll have the um the the snake on the comeback and we begin with Arif Hassan.
2: mashed potatoes and gravy Easy.
1: Top pick. That's the one. Mashed potatoes and
2: gravy. Yeah. For Reef Hassan. All right. Oh, and that would be a side. Uh, yeah, it's a real Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf situation here, except Ryan Leaf is also good.
1: If you want to see the visual on <laughs> this, subscribe <laughs> to YouTube. Locked on Sports Minnesota.
3: Luke Braun, your pick. Uh, Flamin' Young. feel like you can't go wrong there. Ryan Lee's hmm, still on the board. Oh well.
1: Not usually a that first round pick. Well that's usually someone that usually tries to steal that one a few rounds in. Mm-hmm. So that's. I, I think um, I took that
0: one last year and, and thought, oh, I'm gonna win it for sure. I got Flamenion like the third round. Did not win it. So that's you like the single
2: meat I want most on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll learn to cook and and get a better meat next time. All right. I think the sides are really what create the essence
1: of the meal. So I'm going to focus on sides with my first pick. Um, I'm going to go with stuffing. Stuffing. I off a the board.
2: Staple. There it is. Ah. That's the one. One and one two. Can't believe it's yeah. You the also hate turkey. Reef, wow. go away. Wow. I was complimenting you, Sam. No. You let were? him cook. Yeah, well, I, I, I said I can't believe <laughs> stuffing lasted all the way to three. Shots fired.
0: Shots fired. Wow. Getting except except Ryan Leaf
2: here. is good in this scenario, okay? That's oh, cool.
1: I missed that part. Well, thank you.
0: Yeah,
2: this is a great pick.
1: I'm honored. Inman, you get two.
0: I, I am tempted to just lean into the main dishes now um, because, well, I got I'm taking white meat turkey. I mean, that has to be my first pick here given the options that are on the board. Do I go back to back main dish or do I get a side now that you guys have taken a side? I'm going to go. I was going to take Turkey as uh, a
3: joke to see what a reef would do.
0: And you just did it right. Well, I I knew a reef wouldn't take Turkey one. I'm surprised it actually fell to me at four. I'm going to go honey glazed ham at two and just go bang, bang main dishes. There you go. There you go. Reef.
1: Honey glazed ham and white meat Turkey. He's got his two main dishes. Still can add a main dish with your flex if you want. You can have a really hearty meal. Uh, this comes back to me with the sixth overall pick. I should probably get a main dish on my board. Um, I'm gonna go. Okay, I gotta take honey glazed ham off here. Hmm. I'm gonna go um, dark meat turkey. I just I I think I gotta have. I'm going traditional this year. I'm going traditional meal. Look. If and, I was forced uh, to
2: pick turkey, it'd be dark meat. I cannot believe white meat went before dark meat. Insane.
1: I, I hope the public feels the same way you do. I think dark meat has This a little, is like when back cult Cleveland following, Feral. but does it appeal to the masses
2: is the question. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, like Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, most of us agree it's a first-round pick, but what are you doing? Luke <laughs> <laughs> Braun.
0: Six overall? What are we doing?
2: Man, I didn't
3: realize we'd have such a... Such a run on sides. I didn't expect that.
2: Yeah, well, that's how um, these that's how these drafts go, right? Now I know. Sometimes, sometimes um, you don't think we've it's only had two sides that ends up getting thin.
3: Yeah, but sides
0: went only two, the two top sides, picks but they sides, went. So well, I feel like yeah, they went, yeah,
3: fair. Yeah, I feel like I got to get in on it. Um, every year, uh, my grandma makes a like a sweet potato casserole with like butter and brown sugar and like marshmallows, like toast like broiled on top i don't know if that counts as sweet potatoes or candied yams uh
1: i, I guess i'll yams. just go with sweet potatoes
3: S- sweet potato that- sweet potato
1: casserole do you want the casserole oh, added on to it, it
2: that. yeah just I, yeah I just call add it a sweet in. potato casserole yeah i think that's correct
1: all right a gets is it is and it
2: is what i th- i i do think of that as candied yams by the way with the marshmallow topping sure 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 um all right so it is my pick um i'm taking uh mac and cheese um just got to get that out of the way uh that seems like the correct move there um there are not many vegetables on the board so i'm gonna go what because i'm snaking right now right yeah yeah um there are not many vegetables on the board so i'm gonna take roasted carrots it filled out my sides before uh before i do anything else yeah it's like building up your offensive line
3: Sam is <laughs> champing at the bit. He wants to go fast. Um, so I'll just pick fast. I'll pick duck.
1: Mm. Aflack. All
0: right. A ref- the first side a... that he's
2: I actually he's going to try to go value on my board. First side that I or the first main that I actually had on my board goes off.
1: Duck is good. I'm going cornbread. I think cornbread is highly highly underrated steel honestly
0: give me uh let me get my sides in here give me loaded baked potato and give me biscuits and gravy hey pretty good i think you've taken that a couple different years luke the biscuits Biscuits i don't love to hear that i've never won so (laughs) let me back that up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wait a minute dinner rolls cranberry sauce let's see i've never won let me try something new cranberry sauce pretty sure that goes undrafted every year doesn't it are you yeah, actually changing you be listed i don't think you can change no 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 once they're in there okay once they're set Sam, you gotta roll with it
1: yeah you're you're locked you're locked all right now it's me going in the correct order uh i'm gonna get a main dish here of I don't know I see this is a, a favorite of mine. I don't know how it appeals to the masses but brisket. Love me some brisket.
0: Another one of my mains off the board. It's a good it's a good pick. I was going to try I good almost pick. took that right here. I Appreciate was going to go that. three sides. I almost or three three main dishes. I would have taken that. Good pick.
3: Think I got to just stay classic here and go with a good old-fashioned American apple pie. Good pick.
1: Mm. First dessert off the board.
2: Two for a reef. All right. So I was thinking of grabbing that apple pie, but it was not at the top of my dessert list. Um, no reason for me to draft a main except to anticipate some flexes. So I think I'll go dessert first. Deciding between two. I'm going to go with pumpkin pie. Just mm. a classic. Absolutely. Dang. Awesome. And then um,
1: for my main, hold, hold I'm on, hold try... on, try well, well, one second, Reef. So you've taken mashed potatoes and gravy side, mac and cheese side,
3: yeah. roasted carrots. Yeah. He's going like zero RB.
1: So, yeah. Okay. So so you're
2: done with your flex. You're done with your sides, and you've taken. Yeah, I can only pick mains now. Yeah, now it's only main. All right. Well, because so because all of you have stuffed out your mains obviously you can still take mains with flexes but it, it makes it less valuable for me to pick that so i'd rather pick the dessert to to, to make sure i get what i want there because uh, there's a good likelihood that what i want in the main is still going to be there when uh, i pick last you're right um you're right so i um the only one that would hurt me if it wasn't available to me on the bounce back um is lamb chops so that's what i'm going to pick Chops Damn. with the 17th pick.
3: And we go back to Luke Braun. <laughs> um I need a side. <laughs> I need another side. I'll go with a loaded baked potato. Uh, that's off oh, the it's board. Been, I, already take taken. That? Yeah. I apologize oh, for it deleting it, but that's that it.
1: was taken by Luke.
3: Yeah. Well, I've gone a little bit off the board with some of my mains and stuff, so I'm trying to get, get back into the classics. I'll take uh I'll take cranberry sauce. Was that the 18th overall pick? All right,
1: I've got I've got a a flex and a dessert remaining, so I got to scan my sides, scan my main dishes. What is this? Is a BPA spot? What is the mm-hmm. best player available? Um, I think a lot that, of options, man. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this is this is agonizing. There's
2: some pretty honestly. good ones here. There's some pretty good ones
1: here. I have a very bread heavy um, menu right now. So mm-hmm. I'm going to.
2: Sounds like go this is BPA. With... It sounds like this is need. <laughs> Just it avoiding redundancy, well I
3: guess. Mm-hmm.
1: So cranberry sauce and relish. I feel like that's kind of that's probably the same thing. I probably can't duplicate that because um, you have to account for some of those variations. Um...
2: I'm going to get rid of the candied yams then too. Okay, that's fair. See, I don't like green bean casserole personally
1: that's not really a favorite of mine that would qualify and yeah, butternut squash maybe. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go butternut squash for my flex and I don't love that. I feel like I, I think I don't think I had really good roster management in this draft. So I'll be
2: with you. So in order to avoid how bready your roster is, you went with the starchiest vegetable. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Cool. All right. Correct. Wanted a little,
1: you know, cool, just cool, having cool, that cool, orange cool. color.
2: That brings that brings the ensemble
1: together a little better. All yeah. right. I
0: got my last two picks going back to back. Don't like any of these sides. I'm, I'm almost debating double down and on desserts. Um, but I'm trying to see if one of these main dishes might get me a couple more votes. I'm, I'm honest. I'm looking between. It doesn't really fit the Thanksgiving theme, but maybe some pasta, some Italian lasagna or gnocchi sitting on the board pork tenderloins got me some I'm votes thinking. in the past. Um, I'm going to go with I'm actually going to double down on dessert. I'm switching it up. I'm doubling down. Give me uh red velvet Ooh. cake and chocolate chip blondies.
2: Ooh. I think that's going to give me some votes this
0: year. I'm trying to switch I feel it like up. You like red velvet cake. There's a lot of good desserts on this board. Cheesecake yeah. got me no Cheesecake got me a lot of hate last year. I couldn't believe that's it. That's wild. Really? That's wild. I couldn't believe I'm not it. even a cheesecake guy, and that's wild to me. I couldn't believe it.
2: Pecan pie still available, correct? I'm going to go
1: yep. with pecan pie, one of my favorites. Nice. And uh,
3: that sends us back to Luke Braun. So I'm torn here. I got to talk this out. So what mm-hmm. I want would be gnocchi. Mm. Like a good, Makes sense. like a gnocchi dish, like a shrimp gnocchi. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but looking at. And you my, don't have a very uh, starchy gear, roster right now. You've got just sweet potato casserole. I don't ones, have a
3: right? very starchy roster. I also have no vegetables except sweet potato casserole, which feels like not there. It's <laughs> like I feel like I need some green on my plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm taking gnocchi. I'll eat my vegetables later. Right. It's Thanksgiving.
2: All right. So for me, I've got an extremely heavy meal, right? I've got mashed potatoes, I've got lamb chops, I've got mac and cheese. Roasted carrots are about the only resort people have. So instead of picking probably what might be my favorite of this group left of the mains, which might be pork tenderloin, um, which isn't that heavy. I think I I still want to go a little bit lighter, but not quite as light as salmon. Um, So I'm picking between the two chickens, the roasted chicken and the Cornish game hen and honestly i prefer roasted chicken but i think for presentation's sake just to when you bring everything out i think i'm going to go with the cornish game hand it
0: looks so much better when you bring you it. got that wow factor more going petite on. you've yeah. elevated you've exactly. elevated the whole table right there right. Chefy.
2: yeah a little chef pretentious little chef-y. pretentious hey, I, I started with i i started with mashed potatoes and mac and cheese i'm for the people here but yeah a little pretentious
1: those are the teams. We did it. We'll put that out on Twitter. It'll be a blind vote. We're not going to let a reef win just based on his foodie reputation. You keep accusing
2: me of this from like stuff from like years ago, and I still win. I like I, this is so weird. I believe you won the candy draft. Yes, it, you did.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. He, okay, but, but uh, hold on, stop. The, the, candy the, the draft, first blind draft, you have the blind number one draft, pick and get Reese's Cups, is such an advantage. Mm-hmm. It's the Andrew Luck of all drafts. Sure. The first blind draft that we did,
2: I only placed second. I will admit that. But after that, I had a string of ones.
0: No, he, he's not I think not you're wrong. misremembering Arif, Arif A reef does win most know. of these. <laughs> we <laughs> got to <laughs> fact check this guy.
2: We can fact check it.
3: I'm
1: fine. <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. He's got the archives. Have... Someone call Tom. <laughs> Still figuring out how we're going to handle uh, Friday's show with a couple people on vacation for the holidays. and uh, But we'll have something for you on Friday after the Patriots game. Uh, big thanks to everybody who uh, is involved in this show. Matt DeBritz directing. Luke Edmond, Refasan, Luke Braun. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Uh, enjoy your holiday. And thanks for watching the Minnesota Football Party. See you later.